Yeah. But that's what what happened to us is all about with Nate, Sam, and Hugh. I uh, see how I did that one. Well done. Nice. Eh, I'm trying. Nice. That's a pro. That's a pro move. Well, it sounds like my how audio is. Oh, there we go. Okay, I got both ears now. There you go. Uh, I'm stressed, we're good. We're good. but I'm good. I'm good. So. That's good. Well, the good part's good. The stress yeah. part, not, not. Well, I think the stress part comes with the good part, and that's part of all the parts of being. Is it? Is it because of Trump? Is it Trump? Oh, that's something uh, I actually not paid that much attention to. I'm just like, okay, uh, we'll see. This this is actually where we are as a as a country as a world. Is that I got annoyed yesterday. That okay. They, that they... You got annoyed. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Oh, I got, okay, because there's like a buzzing. Um, yeah, I got to try to stop the buzzing. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, there we go. Um, I got annoyed that they cut into Jeopardy. Oh. To, to, to announce that a, the, a former president had been indicted on federal crimes. There was a time when that would have been like a thing, a big thing. But it annoyed me that it was cutting into my Jeopardy. And it wasn't even a new Jeopardy. It was a rerun. Oh. And I was like, I was like, oh, don't cut in. Uh, so that's how, that's where we're at. Uh, <laughs> I love the, how you got annoyed the, by a rerun Jeopardy cut in. Yeah, well, it was like mid-question. It got it bothered me uh, because at this point, I mean, he's in the news every day. Honestly, it seemed like the indictment was a foregone conclusion. We don't need to be breaking into to to a four p.m. broadcast of Jeopardy. You uh, can you can this, this can wait. And all the information is given to us pretty much at our hands for the most part for most people. And I don't think those people who aren't getting this information are watching said shows. Probably. Probably, I mean, you know, it's what uh, it's uh, indictment number three, four, four, I believe. Hard to keep track, and then he's got a Georgia one coming down the pipeline for the uh, the fake electors deal. Uh, you know what? Whatever. This is it's only going to make him more popular among his base. Uh, but but fortunately though, his base is not terribly big. No, it's only like Um, it's only thirty percent of thirty percent of the country. Yeah, because yeah, only... I mean, you'll, sure, sure, you'll have you'll have the republic, you know, the quote unquote republic who people call themselves Republicans, uh, who will not who will not vote for Biden, but the I I also find it hard to believe that those somewhat more moderate Republicans and independents are going to voluntarily vote for a man who may be in prison. Um. You'd like to think the MAGA folks are lost. They're gone. They're gone. They're going to vote for him no matter what. This is just going to make him more popular. It's the fucking it's, it's the Jason Aldean thing, uh, which that's fun that we've been around for two Jason Aldean scandals. Yeah. Um, but we were really around for the first one. Yeah, we were literally there for the first one. That was nice. Uh, uh, it's his, three indictments, fan- by the way. So we can move on to the Jason. Okay. Aldean. Okay. Well, the Georgia will be the fourth. Yeah uh when that happens but yeah the jason aldean thing which uh, i meant to bring up last week or maybe it was the week before when it actually happened but he's got that that song uh i think it's called try it in a small town Mm -hmm. which is just so pandering uh and it's it's about like you know the imagery and the lyrics but also the imagery from the video the song's been out since like april so it's only catching traction now because of the video. No, it's not catching traction yeah. from the video. It's catching traction from the news of like, oh, they're trying to cancel Jason Aldean. Uh, well, yeah, but the video is what brought, put oh, it on yeah. people's radar because the 
so the song is you know if you haven't heard it uh which is fine because jason aldean sucks so i don't i, I it's I, i'm not judging you if you've not listened to jason aldean music um it you know it's called try it in a small town and it's basically this anthem about like try your try your blm shit right you know uh try your protest try try yeah try being woke in a small town they won't stand for it they'll shoot you on the spot which um is problematic in its own way but so the lyrics say that but then the video really drove the point home because they were just showing clips of uh black lives matter protest and basically using that as a these are the bad guys thing and then on top of that he a good chunk of the video is him performing in front of this courthouse in uh, ten- I believe it's in Tennessee. I think so. Um, where there was famously a lynching in the twenties. Famous, a fam- uh, a fam- there were many lynchings. A famous. Th- this is a famous lynching. So, so that tells you how it ha- how it stands above when it's a famous lynching. Uh, so clearly, this is done on purpose. Um, and you know, then there was the whole uh, and P- nobody was calling out to can- just like nobody ever gets called out to be canceled. People were like. Well, this song in the video kind of suck. What a shitty thing for Jason Aldean to do. They're not saying boycott his music because the people that are upset about it were not listening to Jason Aldean in the first place. Um, but it's just making him more popular. It's the same thing that happened when Morgan Whalen, the yeah. uh, country dropped star, dropped the bomb like 800 dropped times. The M- yeah, dropped the M bomb on video and it made him more popular. This is where we're at. Uh, but yeah, the Jason Aldean thing was even funnier because A, he did not write the song. Um, it was written by professional writers, so it's a it's a it's an empty anthem anyway. Like he's and he's not from a small town; he's from Macon, Georgia, which is like the fourth biggest town in, city in Georgia. Yeah. So like pe- people are calling him out, being like, "Dude, you're not even from a small town. What the hell are you doing?" But again, it's like the number one song now, so people they're just leaning into it at this point. Well, I think there is this thing, and once again, one of the, one side it seems to be motivating in a weird way like the lack of bud light sales and everything else like that and you know they're like oh this is our anthem song we're going to hear it all the time at every rally going forward mm-hmm. um yeah. they it's a it's an awe-inspiring thing to see how they feel um when the people they elect don't care about them or do anything to help them no you anything. could ask you i i you ask 10 trump supporters what did exactly did he do for you in office like what made your life better they won't be able to name something because the tag oh, they'll, they the ta- they'll name things well, well no they won't i don't think they'll flat out say well they it allowed me to be more racist uh without repercussions but like the tax cut thing is bullshit because that didn't help anybody. it hurt them <laughs> yeah it's there's there's no, nothing good actually is a whole lot of things he promised that never happened um so you know but uh well whatever he's it's depressing he's depressing it's all depressing it's all depressing but i i just wanted to take that that moment to get in a shot at how much jason aldean sucks i I appreciate you oh good and we've seen what kind of mensch and i've always felt this way so but it's only been strengthened how garth brooks oh garth brooks is because he is going the opposite route he is he does well he's got garth brooks is garth brooks he's not gonna he's not gonna torch his fan base at this point like he's he's the one of the biggest stars ever uh but he i i really appreciate how he's going above and beyond to like you know he's opening a bar i believe in nashville which is shocking he doesn't already have one 
uh, because if you have you been to Nashville? I have not been meaning to go, but uh, have yet to go. I went for the first time uh, pre right before the pandemic to visit a friend of ours uh, who I have not spoken to in some time. I hope she's well. Um, the and the the main drag, uh, I believe it's called Broadway. I could be off, mm-hmm. but like their main drag where all the honky tonks and bars are. Um, there are just any any country star you can think of has a bar there and they're all like, they're all super cheesy. Like the kind of things you'd see on like the universal city walk, like where they're named after the person like Jason Aldean's such and such bar kid rocks, such and such bar. Yeah. Like the, the name of the person is in the bar. Uh, I believe Blake Shelton has one and you know, they all have one, but I'm shocked that Garth Brooks does not had not had one up until now. Uh, and he's went out of his way to say like, oh yeah, we're, we're gonna have Bud Light. We're gonna, you know, we're welcome to everybody. He's gone out and, and spoken about. Well, he's fa- he's famously been, been very like pro gay rights, pro, you know, all, he always has been that way. Uh, but now he's making a point of of making sure everybody knows it. And of course, the folks on the right are like, well, shit, do we, are we, do we need to cancel Garth Brooks now? But he's too big. Like it's like now nah, we can't. Yeah. But he's a mensch. And I've oh. been a, I've been a, a huge fan. Of, in fact, in fact, uh, he is the reason why I signed up for Amazon Music. The Amazon, if you weren't aware, Amazon has their own streaming music Shocking. service, uh, which I have no interest in whatsoever, except for the fact that that's the only streaming service that has Garth Brooks. Hmm. Garth Brooks is not on Apple Music. He's not on Spotify. He's not on any of them except for this Apple Music. So I literally signed up just for the Garth Brooks because it occurred to me. I, despite having a number of, I mean, hell, my my entire freshman sophomore year of of college was me, you know, back back in the Walkman, uh, the Discman days, walking around listening to Garth Brooks' Double Live, the double album, like that was what I listened to pre, you know, when when that, this was even before burning CDs was really a thing. Um, but then it occurred to me that in the in, in over the years when I've you know. Uh, put all my my actual physical cds onto hard drives and such uh digitize them or whatever term you want to use i for some whatever reason did not transfer any of my garth brooks and i those cds are long gone mm. so i'm like well shit now I have, I have zero garth brooks it's not streaming anywhere i can't even buy it if i wanted to off of apple music so, so I, I did some digging and i was like oh shit cool amazon Prime, or amazon music, music. okay this there is go. pretty sweet yeah okay Oh, there's a, a funny interview, not a funny interview, but there was an inter- like what we're talking about now with the Jason Aldean thing um, and like how country music used to be interview where there's like Chris Christopherson, um, oh, Johnny Cash and uh, oh, Willie Nelson and one other guy were talking about America, but they were talking about it in a progressive sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you I mean, I. I don't mean to, you know, cast uh, generalizations on country music, but I think people when Willie Nelson not surprising his politics no, at all. No. But I think people would have been surprised that John that Johnny Cash was as liberal as he was. He like, was very anti-war. Was. Is the... Yeah, like I think my people because he has that you just associate that that old school country with like a you know with red states with with middle America with, with tech you know. You, everything you associate with country music, you associate with, frankly, with the magazine. Well, that's where it's shifted into. It was um, it was kind of like this thing is where politicians figured out, certain politicians figured out that um, they, they, it does a whole diatribe into how 
country music became this right wing thing. Mm-hmm. Like, but very interesting. It, you know, start off with uh, Nixon asking Cash to come in, even though Nick Cash wasn't a fan of Nixon because of his, his mm. thing. Asked him to sing a couple songs that were very anti hippie. He chose a different one, um, and then it even goes into I forget which musician it was that. It was Ronald Reagan and George H.W. that they, they – George H.W. was the first one to go to a CMA award. So that's where really? that kind of like, okay, these these people speak for America. And I'm like, they mm, – no, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know who speak like, there are plenty of hip-hop speaks for America in certain areas. It's like – all, all of America has different voices. The United States, yeah, I, I say America, but I don't know why country. I mean, I get. I mean, I guess you just answered the question, but like, country has such an association with like rural white America when it's when, it, like you said, like hip hop does not. Hmm. Uh, but that's not to say that all country stars are all, all the same politically, because they certainly are. Chris Christopherson, actually, I he kind of has been popping up over the last week because I, I don't know if you saw all that stuff that people are tweeting about him. Um, with the, with the Sinead O'Connor uh, death. Oh, the where he gave her uh, a hug after all, like she got yeah, off stage. Yeah, which cause... after after the um, I don't recall that as many tweets as I read about it. I don't recall what the performance was. It was but back it was in po- New York, I think, but I can't remember. It was post it was post SNL after yes. she had done the ripping up the Pope thing, and she was performing on stage for something, um, and uh, and she was basically in tears because of the way the crowd was was. That's wild to me. You and I talked about this earlier. Yes, there would be a reaction if somebody rip up a photo of the Pope now, but it would be nothing like it was then. It's because because her whole thing, the whole reason she ripped up the photo was that she was protesting the rampant sexual abuse in the church, which at the time didn't seem like it was as big a story. Which is shocking like, in its own way because it's a well-known and unspoken thing back then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh God. There've been. Yeah. The. I mean. The. Exactly. I, I always find it funny. It's not that I don't, don't find it funny, but Catholicism was like kind of a not so great thing in my household. It was very frowned upon in a weird way, uh, because just where my parents were raised, it was just kind of like, if people don't know, Henry VIII got rid of Catholicism and created the what? Church of England. What? Yeah, I know. It's bit of a newsy sport. bit. So, Spoiler alert. So Catholics were very frowned down upon, especially with Guy Fawkes. Uh, if people don't know about the 5th of November, might want to look into that. Uh, Gunpowder uh, Act. Kind of a thing. It's, it feels like a date you should remember. remember. Am, I, am I right? Yeah, you know. Um, but it's always a fun little history tidbit to why he was exiled, banned for being an opening practice Catholic. Uh, yeah, so Catholicism on the island isn't a huge thing. Even though it does exist now, it just wasn't. You know, um, yeah, like many other things, and, and it's it's a bit more of a, a touchy subject on the Emerald Isle, as you oh, might say. Um, you know, a little, little bit of history there. Um, so her doing it was a very big deal, yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and so she performed at this show, which is fairly soon after, I believe. I wish I I wish I would have looked up and had more detail about it. But Chris Christopherson basically was presenting something after or something where he was he went out there. And, you know, if you see Chris Christopherson or, I mean, again, I hate making generalizations by just looking at a person. You just assume their politics. But he's very much the opposite of what you might assume. And, yeah, he went out there and basically just gave her a huge hug because she was having trouble getting through it because of the way the crowd was treating her. And and people were like, whoa, did not see that coming from Chris Christopherson. 
but it was cool. You know, that's uh, the Sinead O'Connor. It was sad. It was a we, Bob had, Dylan had a... anniversary concert. Okay. Uh, audience at Madison Square Garden. Okay. So, yeah, and it, um, man, we've had some. We've had a couple of sad. I mean, all deaths are sad. Well, yeah. no, I won't say that. Uh, but mean, we've had a couple of especially sad ones over the last week. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, with some of them, I don't even know. But what the deaths or the or the uh, deaths well, it's like the the kid from uh, who passed away Euphoria. yesterday for what was it? Um, God, he he was in uh, Zoo, uh, no, I was saying Zootopia, Euphoria, Euphoria, yeah, yeah, yeah it's Angus Cloud, yes. yeah. I never, I don't watch Euphoria, but I knew who he was, and I knew that everybody was like, oh God, he's gonna be a huge star because he's just very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, which that was really sad. Um, and in obviously Paul Rubens, um, I mean, it was what I I was what was very cool to me was seeing the online response for the Paul Rubens death was that you, I was, I was almost to the point where I'm like, do I want to see what's going on on Twitter with this? Cause they're, you know, he had a scandal, uh, looking back a scandal that was dumb. Yeah. Uh, I, well, not the best, you know, for a child. No, performer, you know, n- no. Yeah. Not ideal to be, if you know, if anybody doesn't remember, he was arrested for, I think essentially the charge was indecent exposure Lewd behavior. because, elude behavior maybe he was at a porn theater yeah um which is that in itself is a dated reference because this is pre-internet porn oh by the way studs Um, is gone who what the studs theater on santa monica is gone now oh rest in peace yeah rest in power uh is it still a theater of any still theater right now but nothing's there just like the signs off and you know yeah studs theater studs with a z wasn't it or was i think it was an s Okay. Yeah, gay porn theater in the heart of West Hollywood. Um, had some interesting hours. Uh, if, so. You know, if you want, if you want to go to three in the morning to catch a catch a feature at a theater. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was, um, it was things there. happen. Things happen, which I imagine. I mean, think the, the the concept of a porn movie theater is so bizarre. Because really, why do people watch porn? You know why people no. watch porn, and you're in a pub, not a exactly a public place i mean if anything you look back and you're like why were the cops in that theater because they do sting cat- operations yeah okay yeah um but yeah they so were but cracking you, down on new york city at that time too like all but that was in florida he was in florida oh. when that happened so like that was oh, i don't even that. but who knows but yeah he was arrested he was charged with i mean it was nothing it, like the, the the criminality of the case really never went anywhere it was probably like a fine but it was a scandal because of yeah his persona i it was, i wouldn't oh, i was, wouldn't to let you know it was misdemeanor obscenity charge okay involving okay. photographs seized from an erotic collection erotica. and it, it's hard to it's hard to say, really, that's a very fancy way of saying a porn theater. Mm. Um, it's hard to say what the response to that would be now because the concept of a porn theater just doesn't exist. No. So it's hard to say. And yes, you could see, but you make the argument because of his 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 fame as a... I See, I don't think Pee Wee was ever a children's star. Like, Pee Wee was always very adult. It, it had the bells and whistles of a children's show, like all the bright colors and the talking chairs and the characters, but it was very much in a, a show for adults. I think it was but, a, that it was what toy, like a Pixar became, but like a more rooted, like it's a, 
it was Mr. Rogers on acid. Yeah, yes, but you know, kids enjoyed it. I enjoyed and and I and it was somewhat marketed to kids in that Pee Wee's Playhouse was a Saturday morning show, mm. I believe. Yep. Um, but but you 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 could definitely argue that Pee Wee was a, an adult based character. But you know, it hurt his reputation. He did. I don't know if he ever fully recovered because the Pee Wee character kind of just disappeared. He brought it back eventually, but like he I think that was the death to... of Pee Wee for that time. Like. For the time, he let it. He let it. Uh, although he did famously fairly soon after uh, when he presented at the uh, MTV, uh, I believe it was the VMAs. I don't think they had the movie awards back then, where he came out on stage as Pee Wee. Uh, and this was fairly qu- soon after. And it, the first thing he said is, Heard any good jokes lately? Yeah. And people, people love that. But, you know, he, Paul Rubens didn't, never stopped acting. In fact, I, I, I mean, you and I have been texting about it a little bit. I would make the argument that the second Pee-wee's half was like, better. Like the what? The second half of his career was better than the first. Well, yeah, I mean, I could name three or four characters I actually enjoy more than Pee Wee that he played. Um, like, uh, um, well, my favorite of all time is is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I can't think of his character's name. It was like Arwen or Al- Ar- something like that. Uh, which he was the best. He was like the henchman, the of the you know the second in command bad guy. Had all the best lines. Had the greatest, one of the greatest on screen deaths I've ever seen. Did he actually because, die though? That's the question. In it, well, no, because the, his death scene continues into the credits. Like it goes. Like I don't know if you remember that. Like his death scene is like comically long, where you yeah. think he dies and then he gets because he has a, a, a stake put through his <sighs> kind heart. Of thing, yeah. But yeah, it's like a comically long death scene. Amelin was his think, name. Hamlin, I was close. Yeah. And then you think he dies, but then during the credits, he doesn't. He keeps going. So it's like it's it's just he was just incredible. And and uh, Mystery Men when he played the, with the, the spleen, spleen, the spleen. spleen. Yeah. Um, he was awesome in Blow. I had kind of forgotten about him in Blow. He plays like the low end drug dealer. Like he's just an amazing actor. Um, he also had a, good, a sense of humor about um, uh about everything even about his arrest like i don't know if you remember his uh famous mugshot from the arrest that was another thing that was startling because he looked not like Pee Wee. no he had a goatee he had super long hair yep he had he had like those 80s like they'd come to be known as the jeffrey dahmer glasses like the slightly tinted like very 80s glasses not sunglasses they were like glasses glasses Mm -hmm. um and he just looked like somebody that would be like on some sort of uh sex offender registry um but that was he was obviously not doing peewee at the time because he had super long hair but he even had a he um i think jermaine clement uh from flight of the concords uh, brought this up uh within the last few days because p i do you watch um what happens in the shadows the show yeah 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 he died yeah he, he like, made a cameo he he made a cameo even though they never mentioned it the character by name he's playing that character yeah, exactly like, yeah the same hair the same mannerisms everything it's like he's like a goth vampire um but J- jermaine clement said um that that literally was the same wig peewee kept the wig from buffy and wore it in what we is it what we do in the shadows is that what, it's uh, what we do in the shadows and and Jermaine even asked him about it, being like, "Is that the same wig?" And Pee Wee's like, "Yeah." I, he's like, "I kept it because he's he actually chose that wig back in the Buffy days because he said I never looked cooler than I did in my mugshot, so I wanted long hair." Hmm. So like, and so he kept that wig the entire time. Because, so he he had a good sense of humor about it, 
and also another thing that I remember over the years is he was a lot older than people thought. Like he's, I mean, he, when he, his age came out, obviously when he passed this, this past week, he was 70. Yeah. Meaning he was actually pretty old as Pee Wee. Well, um, he was, uh, what, he's 70, almost 71. He was born in 52. So, so like, so, I mean, I don't know how old people thought Pee Wee was. Not, but I didn't was think he was mid, in the seventies. He, he was mid thirties when he did big adventure. Yeah. Um, and Big Adventure, looking back, that was must have been such a wild, uh, just out of nowhere. Because uh, Pee-wee's Playhouse came from, like, Pee-wee's Big Adventure was first. Right, yeah. Uh, he, it was a character that he created. It's like a he was play. I'm, I'm... He was, well, he's part of the Groundlings is right. where it started in L.A., you know, the, the, the improv troupe. That's where he created the character. And then he started touring as the Pee-wee Herman show. But it was sort of like an underground, like... yeah. If you know, you know thing like this cool up and coming thing. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he gets this big budget feature film, which Tim Burton was not known at the time. No. So it's not like they got a huge director attached to it. But that was just a huge gamble for I believe it was Warner Brothers. Yeah, it was Warner Brothers. Like for them to just be like, yeah, OK, do this big budget, this weird character. Let's see what happens. And the movie just was super weird. And look how fucking brilliant it was. I, I haven't seen it in in some time it actually came out at the same time um i you know i haven't either i imagine it holds up i would hope came out in july um, oh that's funny um like it would 85 uh what was it um i caught it briefly but uh it was a july something I'm trying to find. I saw a good uh, a tweet about it where it, this was when it would have come out at the same time. July 26, because... 85. Okay, so it was. Um... Oh, shoot. I, I have to... Sorry, I'm trying to. No, you're trying to do two things at once. So. Yeah, I'm trying to find. Well, because this person was, um, was tweeting about. Oh, I'd have to go back several days. But basically, they were tweeting about how they they went to go try to see another movie, which was some sort of huge, big budget movie that was sold out. Right. And so, and back then, you were kind of just stuck. You're like, okay, what else is here? And they were, he said that he chose Pee Wee, not knowing what it was. And he's like, he walked out and he's like, I loved it so much, I saw it again the next day. Yeah. But like nobody knew who it was. No, nobody knew who he was at the time. Um. Okay, I don't know why I'm still looking this up. But it's the kind of thing that's going to drive me crazy. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, so obviously... That weekend, it looks like it was National Lampoon's European Vacation. Back to the Future was out. Back to, back, I, I just found the tweet. It was Back to the Future. Okay. Um, but yeah, the guy... So this this is the the, um, the tweet. This is, It's from Josh, Joshua Molina, who's actually... I love oh, he's, you know yeah. every, orc, every Sorkin movie, Sorkin show and movie. I love him. Um, his tweet was in college. I got high and went see back to the future. It was sold out. So I randomly went to go see Pee Wee's big adventure about which I knew nothing mind blown by its originality and hilarity. I got high and went back to see it again the next night. It was only released in Uh, 21 theaters initially. Well, I imagine that's not the kind of thing that you're going to do like a full nationwide thing because everybody's like, who is Pee Wee Herman? So here's what happened. So they did 21 theaters the per gross, uh, per theater, like if people know what I'm talking about here, it only did ninety nine thousand opening weekend, but that's four thousand dollars, like almost five thousand a theater. Uh, yeah, that was number three behind National Lampoon's 
and uh, Back to the Future. So I would assume they would have increased the theaters the following week. Which I'm... Oh, I imagine if you, if you were to look week to week what the what the box office was, it'd be one of those ones that just blew up as the weeks went as with like word of mouth. Like that was back when word of mouth meant something. Well, um, lost three theaters, still did the same number uh, essentially, uh, little down, but it's still the movie made a hundred million dollars. So which the... that, there was a time when that was a really big deal, and and I can't imagine that the budget. Here we I, go. I referred I referred to it as a big budget movie, but I can't imagine the budget was that. Week big. three, they they moved to eight hundred and twenty nine theaters. They bring in close to five thousand a theater. They're number three behind uh, Back to the Future, Summer Rental. If people don't remember that one, ah, classic John Candy. Yeah, and I think and a, and a very young Joey Lawrence played the son. Um, yeah, they've kind of like, it kind of just stuck around at the number three slot for a while. Like, but if you, I mean, if you look at it, like, just think of like trying to market that movie, you've got a character, a, this eccentric, bizarre character that nobody had seen yet because that like, again, the Pee-wee's big adventure, uh, Pee-wee's uh, playhouse came after, Yeah. um, he, like there's no big stars in it, um, no that I, that I can think of. I mean, the joke at the end when there's the movie version of of the the Pee Wee story, and, and he's played by James, James. Oh yeah, he's great. played by James Brolin, and and Morgan Fairchild plays Dottie. Uh, which I actually that scene has been going around um, the lately because of the the genius of Paul Rubens. If you go back and watch just the clip of the, that end scene of Pee Wee's Big Adventure when they're they're all at the drive the drive-in watching the the Pee Wee movie and James Brolin plays Pee Wee, but Pee Wee is in the movie. He has a cameo behind the desk at the hotel, and the the impro like the genius of Paul Rubens' mannerisms playing a bad actor in a movie about himself like that he keeps looking at the camera and he keeps getting in other people's eyes, like yeah. line of sight and taking over other people. Like the, it's, it's just perfect. They, the direct Tim Burton must just been like, act like the worst actor you've ever seen. And Paul Rubens is like, got it. Just do a background. actor. But, it's just, it's yeah. Just yeah. But bad background acting, yeah. like terrible background acting. And it's so funny and so perfect. And, but you know, like, so you can't market it on a director because Tim Burton was an unknown. There's no stars in it. Like that, the fact that that even did even close to is what because most cult movies, like that we think of cult movies, did not do well in the box office. That's why they're cult movies. I I do love the fact that people are referring to Pulp Fiction as a cult movie. I was like, uh, it wasn't that like the fourth highest grossing movie of that year. Yeah, is I that mean, is that a cult? Uh, no, I. Do, it's hard to say. I would say probably Reservoir Dogs is more of a cult movie. Reservoir Dogs for sure, um, and at that point, I think by the time you got the Pulp Fiction, Quentin Tarantino. Now I will was, say this: wasn't it Oscar nominated? Like people were Oscar nominated for mm -hmm. that, so that doesn't. No, make it was it... nominated for Best Picture. And yeah, cult yeah, movies no, have to do bad in the theater. I believe that is the case. It cannot succeed, but they do so well in rental, like video, and yeah. sales, where that's where it becomes. It makes its money. Um, it doesn't always happen to things, but it's. But like... I, I will say though that. Um, Quentin Tarantino, I remember when Pulp Fiction came out, and I remember it was a really big deal because it had killed at Sundance, and I don't remember if it was a can, but it killed at Sundance. Oh, yeah, it definitely it had to have been a can because that's just, uh, he's, a, he's a god there, so it's like... Well, but he wasn't then. 
he was um, uh, but, no, but that's what made it like it oh yeah like, yeah yeah um, but he that film it was and John Travolta's big comeback. That was it, there was a lot of things big a big deal about it. But I remember when it came out, people were like, "Was it ninety four that, that came out?" Ninety yeah ninety four ninety four ninety five something like that. I think ninety four. Um, but I don't think people were expecting it to be as big as it was. But I remember what a big deal it was when it came out. Everybody's like, "You have to see this movie." And I remember it was out in the theater at the same time as The Professional. Mm. uh leon the professional and i and i know that because i saw them on back-to-back nights what a hell of a double feature! Man, i mean i didn't see them the same night but that was a great weekend middle schools like your parents let you go to the double feature of those oh, two. Yeah. okay oh yeah yeah uh i think i saw well my dad i mean i think i saw one of them with my dad i don't think i saw both um but like reservoir dogs had come out already uh-huh um but it, it reservoir dogs was one of those movies that became popular po- like you Post said Pulp Fiction. Yes, because at the time people were like, "Oh, has this guy done anything else?" And they went back. The soundtrack was popular, so people knew of the movie oh, whether God. they had seen it or not. Is there a song more so? Can you think of at least of the? I didn't give you much time to think about it, but a song that's more associated with a single scene than uh, "Stuck in the Middle with You." Um, when, so you can't. You can I cannot. You cannot hear that song without thinking of. Um, of Michael Madsen dancing around, cutting the cop's ear off. Like, would, that song has been forever. I don't want to say ruined, but like that is all you can think of. And I'm trying to think of another. Now, now the the caveat there being a song that was already existed, not a song written for, not a song that was made popular by that scene. A, a, an already popular song. Another one I can think of that's a little bit more under the radar is Sister Christian in um oh in, uh, and Boogie, Nights. Boogie Nights. That's a good that's a good oh one. Oh my god, that scene was so nerve wracking. Yeah. Uh, the firecracker the firecrackers are going the, the cra- off. Yeah, I, the I, poppers, that was like yeah. white knuckling it in the theater. Because you like, like knew okay, something this... was coming. You're just like when is it gonna happen yeah. and how is it gonna happen? And that song the way the song builds up and builds mm-hmm. up. But like stuck in the middle with you, you ask a lot of people might not even know the song by name, even though it very clearly has that whole entire line in the in the chorus. But like you hear that, you just think of, of Reservoir Dogs. There aren't that many songs that 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 you can say that about. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are other ones, but that one always stuck with me about like that song is is, is part of that. I'm just trying to think. It's like um, uh, mine that goes to my head is like Kokomo. Oh, no. for cocktail. Cocktail, but that's not quite the yeah. same. But it just it, the the visualization of um, the over like flying over, going to yeah. Jamaica, they just kind of and then him in the bar. It's just like it, it kind of just I, yeah. It always and reminds I, me. I don't know. Was that move? I know the Beach Boys obviously wrote and performed the song. Was that written for cocktail? I believe it, it must it, have been. I think it was. So I'm like that's where uh, I'm like that's where it doesn't count. So I'm like. Did the same thing with Celine Dion for for Titanic. Yeah, that doesn't count that one. because that's for the movie. Like stuck in the middle with you was just. Oh, I don't want. Got one. What's that? In your eyes, Peter Gabriel. Yes, exactly, exactly. Which is, I'm sad that I didn't know that. I didn't think of that one off the top of my head because that is actually a top five favorite movie of mine. Exactly though, you hear a song and you just immediately think, yeah, Lloyd Dobler, Boombox, Bohemian Rhapsody. Very okay, excellent. Rainsville. Yes. Uh, I'm, yes, I, I, and the, I, I, the, the okay. interesting thing about these is that the okay in your eyes was a hit song, but I and I 
Okay, I, I can't speak for any, how big Bohemian Rhapsody had a weird history where when it first came out, people didn't know what to do with it. Right, too long. It was so so unusual, and it definitely got a second life from Wayne's World. Like, and I remember I, I've read many times that Mike Myers really had to fight for it to be put in because it was such a bizarre song, even at that point, for them to do this entire scene. Uh, you know, headbanging, and not only does that become so synonymous with Wayne's World, that's just synonymous with headbanging. It, when yep. you hit that point in Bohemian Rhapsody, if it's playing at a bar, yeah, everyone, everybody at that scene headbangs. So, like, you're, you're absolutely right. That might even be better. I mean, that is better than stuck in the middle with you because I feel like a lot more people have seen that than have seen Reservoir Dogs. Um, um, there are some other good ones I saw like on this list. I would just because I'm like, what is it that I would see? I'm like, as soon as I saw the the boombox in the air, I was like, there you go. Oh, and man, then you had no, that's like, a great one. Twist and shout for Ferris Bueller. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's um, good. Oh, you know what? Uh, an iconic one. Um, oh, why am I blanking on it from uh, Animal House? Um, I don't remember this. Any the the frat scene, the toga party. I can't think of what. It, oh, oh, um, shout. Yeah, yeah, shout. It, it, that one's also so so synonymous with like weddings, but in like romance. But you're right. No, you're yeah, absolutely I'm just right. Like, I'm just trying to think of like uh, what what it would be like. Oh, another another one that I think is is pretty synonymous is "Don't You Forget About Me" with the Breakfast Club. That yep yep. 80s, 80s, 80s movies had a thing where like they they had that like you don't see it as much anymore where a song just is is so associated with a single well, movie. You could see the like Garden State, but it's just the album of Garden State really. It's yeah, not so much. Know, I do. I do that because I you know Zach Braff for whatever reason is a polarizing to hmm. some people i don't know why yeah. um like i love scrubs i love garden state i love i i enjoy some of the other stuff he's done not as much as i like those two things right um but i love the garden state soundtrack and i have all the that's you know on various playlists and yeah no i can and i've done there's several movies i can do this with where i can tell you the exact scene where a song play like i remember it that well that like every single song in the garden state soundtrack i could tell you what part of the movie it was in Oh, what about the uh, Guns N' Roses song for Terminator 2? You could be mine. Uh, did they use it in the... Yeah, they... Oh, Live and Let... Wait, no. Um, Not Live and Let Die. Well, no, You Could Be Mine was on the soundtrack, but Live and Let Die was in the movie. Oh, okay. Because it's, it's a great scene with... Um, it's the when, when Schwarzenegger is going into the mall to, to when he, had, he has his first fight with the T-1000. Yeah. The song is playing. Um, oh yeah, no, you, you could be mine. Was playing during the motorcycle chase, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I, um, I can't remember. Like, it's like it's just like uh, that. That's a problem. Like if you can't remember what the song is exactly, then it, it then it doesn't, count. Not, yeah. doesn't count. But the live and let live and let die. They were playing like the Guns N' Roses version, and while while he's walking, Schwarzenegger's walking through the mall, and then he like walks through the back hallway, and it turns to the Muzak version, like the Paul McCartney Muzak version of the same song. Oh. I was like, oh, that that's clever. Um, but yeah, but like you know, there's a difference between like a song that's on a soundtrack and one that's just like immediately makes you think of that movie. Mm. Uh, good, good. Yeah, uh, I, I, what that is, is a very good music supervisor when it comes down to it. Oh yeah, no, no, and that's Zach Braff is is famous for that. Uh, like that Scrubs, Scrubs has an incredible soundtrack, and Zach Braff alone, he's acknowledged that he had he he helped pick a lot of the songs, but the one who actually picked most of the songs from the Scrubs years is uh, Krista Miller, who's um, she's in Scrubs, 
but she's Bill Lawrence, the creator of Scrubs. It's his wife. Ah. And she's in, she's in Scrubs. She was on the Drew Carey show. She was yeah. on, um, she plays the ex-wife on... slash wife, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And she also, she was on, um, I can't think of that Courtney Cox show that was on TN, TNS. Oh, Cougar was... Town. Cougar Town. She was also on that, uh, which is also a Bill Lawrence show, but she was the, mu- she was basically the, mu- she actually won an Emmy, I think for music supervision, oh, but Makes sense. But everything Zach Braff has done, like all his movies, they have all had bang bangers of soundtracks, and they they fit so well within the movie. And they're all songs like like we're talking about. They're songs that already existed. They're not songs that were written for the movie or for the show. Um, it always cracked me up in Garden State the uh, the Shin song. I think it's new slang. The the song that like is famously used in the movie where. Um, uh natalie portman's like makes zach raff listen to it and says this song will change your life mm. uh and it's not even a good song it's not even the best shin song that's used in the movie like i so the whole this song will change your life is very bizarre um but yeah but now you know trying to think of these songs on the fly i i can't uh, i should have this is something i should have thought of beforehand but who knew that was where the conversation was gonna go um all started with uh you know rest in rest in power paul rubens yes indeed yeah. Um, anything. Uh, well, that was a, that was a, uh, I, uh, an interesting turn that didn't expect to have today. So that that's what that's what usually happens. Yeah. Well, on the uh, similar on the same because I don't think I did one last week, but uh, I I pulled up another random box office, and since we were discussing box offices, uh, I this year this week I decided to pull from ninety one. This okay. week in nineteen ninety one, and uh, you know what? The bangers continue into the 90s. Oh, when we sure. talk, We talked about how 80s box office, you're like, wow, all those movies are out at the same time. 91, also a good, this is also a good week. Number one movie in America, Hot Shots. Okay. Classic. That Now, that is a movie I've not seen in some time. I don't know how well that would hold up. But those types of parody movies tend to hold up pretty well. Well, the good ones, the ones that are well done, I don't think... Uh... They don't work these days because they're just not as good. Like the parodies, well, by not, the Wayans oh god, brothers. they they after the the, the scary movies. The that scary was the movies, last run. The scary movies one, two, and and even three were pretty decent. But after that, they started going what you know they started going way too far. Like not another te- you know they're doing parodies of everything. Not teen another comedies. not another teen movie wasn't the worst. That actually was kind of funny, but like they they did some really bad ones. Yeah, there was a really superhero one. one. Uh... Oh a, yeah, yeah. There was there was like the superhero movie. Yeah, yeah. There was there was another Fast Cars. I mean, there were just a, so many bad ones. But Hot Shot. But the thing with Hot Shots though is that looking back, there was a lot of um, kind of co- uh, comedy of the time, like the whole dropping a bomb, like Saddam Hussein is laying on his back, laying in his pool, and the bomb falls on his like on him. Yeah. Like I don't know how how well those jokes would hit anymore because at the time that was really funny. Um, because it was very much like a Persian Gulf era movie, yeah. But I feel like the jokes would still hold. And God, that there were so many over the two over both Hot Shots Part Two, not as good, but had so many great, like the scene with Charlie Sheen and Martin Sheen drive past each other on the boats, the the Apocalypse Now, like where they're both doing the voiceover and the boats just pass each other, and as they're passing each other, they yell to each other, "I loved you in Wall Street." Yes, um, that was great. There were just so many, so many good jokes. Um, so that was number one, number two, Terminator two judgment day. Uh, at that point it'd been already out for a month. Uh, mm. so it, it had made 204. So this is, so as of August 2nd, 91, 
Terminator 2 had been out for a month and already made $200 million. Uh, number three, one of my favorite, we've discussed before, one of my favorite Michael J. Fox movies, uh, Doc Hollywood. Love Doc Hollywood. Yeah. Um, number four was The Doctor. Weird that there's a doctor theme. That was with William Hurt. Not as good. Number five, Double Impact with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, classic. Love that one. There were two of them. Yes. There were two Jean-Claude Van Dammes. Fantastic. You can't beat that. You can't, can't beat, beat that. No. Um, number six, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, uh, which at that point had been out for two months and it made $165 million. Right. Uh, number seven was a re-release, 101 Dalmatians. Uh, number eight, Pure Luck, not a great one. With That was with Nick Nolte and Martin Short and um, Cameron McCall. But number nine, Point Break. That must have been in theaters for about 10 weeks by that point. That, that was, no, that point had been out for three weeks. Oh, okay. Um, uh, number 10, Boys in the Hood. Oh. Number 11, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, oh. which I don't know if I want to say it's better than Excellent Adventure, but I would put it almost equal footing, only if only because of how good William Sadler is his death. You and know, the and the whole board the, the whole board game joke where he keeps oh, beating again? they keep beating in a board game yeah he's like five of nine damn straight and they're playing the most ridiculous games I mean obviously it was a it was a joke on the seventh seal where the guy's playing chess against death right um it, it's you know very arty well you know serious hmm. movie but of course in Bill and Ted they're playing like games like Twister uh, and, um, Connect Four. Connect Four, Battleship. Uh, battleship. You oh, sunk the, my battleship. Death saying, you have sunk my battleship. Um, uh, okay, and then number 12, speaking of great parody movies that don't exist anymore, Naked Gun, two and a half. Oh, that is actually... Smell, the smell of fear. Uh, I believe the second one was better than the first one. I don't remember the differences enough to remember which one was which. I mean, I remember the I, third one I, I because the third one wasn't nearly as good. Third one was bad. That was the one with Anna Cole Smith. I with thirty wasn't it thirty three and the third? Yeah, I think was the name of it. Yep. I, I the if you were to ask me the the plot points between one and two and a half, I I don't think I one well, was the assassination of the queen at the Angels game by Reggie Jackson. Yeah, yeah. And, and and of course Enrico Palazzo. That name will be forever cemented in in the 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 lore. And O.J. Simpson. Looking yeah. back, I don't know how well that movie holds up because of the whole O.J. Simpson thing. Mm. Um, Either of them. All of them. True. Uh, number 13 was a... Uh, do you remember the movie Mobsters? It was um, It was a movie about the mob, like 30s era mafia, like the really big names, Lucky Luciano, all those guys. But it was played by like younger heartthrobs oh, of my the God. 90s. It was... Uh, let me see if I can get them all. It was Christian Slater. Yep. It was Patrick Dempsey. Yep. It was um, uh, Rich, wasn't Richard Grieco. Yep. Yeah, like so they were like all these heartthrobs of the era playing like these serious. It's, it's a movie that you're supposed to take seriously because it was not a comedy, but it was like you can't take like Richard Grieco seriously at anything. No. And then you um, had uh, I don't even I don't even remember who they played. Uh, but... Richard Richard uh, Grieco played Bugsy Siegel. Uh, okay. Patrick Dempsey okay. played Meyer Lansky. And okay. uh, Slater played Charlie Lucky Luciano. Luciano. Okay, so Frank like, Estelle you know, was played by Kosis uh, Mandalore, Man Mandalore, mm -hmm. Man and uh, mm -hmm. Rodney Eastman played Joey. Uh, I'm so, guessing that's. I mean, not 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 a great movie. Um, uh, okay, so I'm I'm only gonna, I'm not going to go too far, but okay, uh, number fourteen, City Slickers. Ah. Oh. 
Man, I love I love that movie so much. We actually in my high my junior high band. I don't know if you remember the City Slickers theme song. Yeah, I do. Yeah, catchy as hell. Yeah, you heard it now. Catchy as hell. You we think Western in, when you hear it? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we played it in band. Newman. Newman? Score. Oh, Randy Newman score. I did that. I couldn't tell you. Um, oh. I mean, hell, that movie won an Academy Award. Jack Palance won an, won an Academy Award for it. Uh, and and a young Jake Gyllenhaal played the son. Um, classic. Another one though. Sequel. Not 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 quite as good. Hmm. Um. Uh, number fifteen regarding Henry. Oh uh, yes. You know they uh where where uh Harrison Ford gets shot in the head and becomes like uh you know different person. Um. That was pretty. I mean, I, I this this. Oh whoa! I just skipped down. Uh, several down to um. Uh, number 27, Showdown in Little Tokyo. Do you remember that little jam? That was uh, Brandon Lee. Yes, with... Uh, Brandon Lee. And uh, what's his face? Wait, no. Am I thinking something else? It was Brand- um, you think the Dolph Lundgren Dolph movie? Dolph Lundgren one. That was a different one. That yeah. was called, like, Tokyo Show. It was. It had a sure. very similar yeah. name. Um, but uh, Brandon Lee. Or am I kidding? Yeah, um... Showdown in Little Tokyo. Brandon Lee had three, only had three movies. Um, he had Showdown in Little Tokyo. He had, um, uh, oh, what was that? Rapid Fire. Right. Which was just like a generic action movie. Like, that could have been a Steven Seagal movie, basically. And then he had The Crow. But, like, it was kind of like a James Dean-level thing where people just knew he was going to be a huge star. You know, James Dean only made, like, four movies. Uh, um, he had one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, no, no five. Five movies. Who? Brandon Lee? Uh, Legacy of Rage, Laser Mission, whatever that is. Uh, Showdown in Little Tokyo, Rapid Fire, and The Crow. Okay, so but those those first ones probably were... I've never heard of them. No, uh, um, I'm assuming... Uh, you might have had, heard them under their alternate titles of Mercenary Men, Man or Soldier of Fortune, as well as Dragon Blood or... Ong Zai Zhang Hu. That would be Legacy Rage. So um, okay, I, uh, no, no, can't can't say I'm the, I'm familiar with those. Um, one okay, one last one. It's on the list because I really scrolled down, but it's interesting. Silence of the Lambs is number thirty three on this weekend in nineteen ninety one. How long was it in the theater you, for? Like just guess year? when when you th- when you think that movie came out, that movie was out in theaters i'd say september okay you guessed a little bit too far it came out in valentine's day okay meaning it, but in the theater for seven months is insane to me uh but it was a different world right it was indeed huh go sunk it look at us mm. like going down memory lane and be like now i kind of want to watch some movies today when i should be um, doing anything more productive than that i you know what i i think big adventure deserves a, i'm sure it's strumming somewhere yeah. um peewee's big adventure now peewee's big top peewee not a good movie wasn't the worst uh, either um no no not the worst it did have Man, she was having a moment. Hell, it's getting back to Hot Shots, Valerie Galino, mm-hmm. the uh, the the lead or the love interest. I don't know if I call her the lead. In uh, she only the only three movies. I'm sure she made. I mean, she, I think she was Italian. She, no, she was Argentinian. I think. Um, I'm sure she made other movies, 
but the only three I can think of off the top of my head where she was the lead in Hot Shots, she was the love interest in Rain Man, yep. and she was a love interest in um, Big Top Pee Wee. God, she was beautiful. Uh, I'm sure she still is. I'm sure I like. I don't want to say she was. I'm sure she still is, but I don't recall her being in anything besides those three. Movies. Well, she's been a working actress for a long time. Like I'm, I'm going okay. through the I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling through the IMDb. So to start with, um, I, I don't think the King's Whore would be the title that would jump to mind when you think of her. Uh, Hot Shots, mm-hmm. Hot Shots Part Two, Clean Slate. Oh my God! With um, was that Slater? Christian Slater? No, that was with uh, Dana Carvey. Oh, that's right. Where he lost his mind. And he couldn't remember anything. Um, Man, they really really tried to make him a leading man. Which, Dana Carvey's one of the funniest men of of all time. Okay, also four rooms. Uh, Okay. We're we're, we're linking, I'm linking all these back somehow to everything we've done. Wasn't... Wasn't that a? Didn't Tarantino do one of the four? Four yes, rooms did, was yes. like the yeah, he the did four the, different four different directors made like vignettes that took place in a hotel, and yeah, it was Robert Rodriguez, Rodriguez did one, yep. um, Quentin Tarantino did one. I can't recall who the other two were. Uh, Chuck Jones, he did the animation sequence. Uh, Alexander Rockwell and Allison Ander, Andres, Anders, Anders. Oh, I don't remember any so. Of but I remember that movie. Yeah. Like that was a really yeah iconic. Yes, yeah, see, it, it all ties back. Together. Okay, so then, uh, but not just that. Uh, we had Escape from L.A. going to uh, cult classics. Uh, not as and and a sequel. Not as good as Escape from New York. Um, I'm trying to link this no. all together. No, I think definitely not as good though. Um, fun. It was definitely fun. Stupid, but fun. Uh, I don't now think... that's a movie. I, that's a movie I actually wouldn't would mind doing a rewatch on because it's been so long since I've seen that, and that's one I'd really be curious how it holds up. Oh. I've seen I've seen New York over the years many many times, and it doesn't hold up as well. Oh, uh, Los but... Angeles does not hold up at all. No, but Los movie. Angeles feels like it was even. There were just so many cheesy jokes about. Pl- I mean, hell, that entire like gang was like plastic surgery rejects. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I'm like, I'm going through. Like, she obviously she's been working. Uh, she's recently the morning show. No, oh, she okay. She did eight episodes there. So, well, good. I mean, I I didn't mean to. No, you know, no, I, I didn't I, think she just disappeared. But I, the, can you? Th- I couldn't think of no, anything but else. But the point of what you're saying is like she was the face. She was a like she was on the poster. She was kind of like everyone knew her in that that small window of time she was a hot commodity it just kind of yeah it like every actor actress it tends to dissipate um very rarely do you have tends uh, to happen more with actors yeah unfortunately. <laughs> you don't very rarely do you have something like a liam neeson where it's like we have a 50 plus year old action hero 70 now, plus year old now but i mean but you know but he was in his sit wasn't he in his 60s when taken came out uh, it, it was a while ago. That was a, that was a weird reinvention too, because he was never an action star. Uh, how dare you, Kroll? Okay, next to Ken. Although he wasn't the lead of Next to uh, Ken, that was Patrick Swayze. Uh, Rob no, Roy. He, he, he... Are we calling that an action movie? Sure. Um, oh, there was a sword. Fight Michael scene. Collins was Mike. Was Michael <laughs> Collins an action movie too? Uh, not really. I mean, there was a revolution, but uh, I never finished Michael Collins to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh. Eh. I don't think I'm, I'm yeah, not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dwell on it. Life decisions were made. Mm, so, mm-hmm. 
No, no, but she like she was a very she she was a stunner back in those yeah, days. Yeah, very. So I'm not gonna do the. What do you look like now? Mm, that's that's you know, always goes. That always goes well. It's just funny. Like I'm looking at the photo with her and Tom Cruise, and it's just like. Very, it was a very attractive couple. That's yes. Yeah, she was one of the witches. She was in the witches' room. The witches' room. In four. Oh, rooms. oh, oh! In four rooms. Okay, I was yeah. like, what, "What are you doing?" That's right. So. Uh, well, there you yeah, go. That, that, that's that's, you know, like if you were gonna have someone, she was also in like uh, Leaving Las Vegas. If there's a the Nick Cage uh-huh. Leaving Las Vegas. Really? Yeah. Don't know what the role was. All right. Oh, oh, and there's your tie-in. Leaving Las Vegas, Academy Award. Wait, did Elizabeth Shue win or just nominate? Nominate. Nick, Nick okay. won. I know he won. I didn't, couldn't remember if she won. Uh, nice callback to Cocktail. There we go. And that's it and for today. Dan, there you go. And we're done. So um, I, I'm assuming everything will be fine going forward at the end of the month, like with the move and everything, but... Uh, I'll, obviously we'll be in the loop on that one yeah work so yeah. i don't know what the heck any of the setup's gonna be so 